Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Throughout history, God has called people to follow Him. They followed as He led them out of captivity into a new land. That call continues today with the commandment to love others as Jesus loved. This call to service is not a solo mission. It is a call to band together and change the world. In this week's message of the week, our Lost Worship series continues with a sermon from Pastor Jen Tyler. She shares from Hebrews 13 and highlights the call for all people to outwardly show the love of God to all. Here is the First Church message of the week. you pray with me. God of abundant love, as we gather in this space, in this time of worship, and listen for your word, we ask that you would open our ears that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply, as you rid us from any and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So today we are wrapping up this sermon series that has taken us through the month of August as we have been talking about what ways God might lead us or prompt us or equip us to lean in and trust God, perhaps particularly in those moments when we're feeling a little distant or feeling a little lost or needing a little direction. These things that we've talked about are some of the essential foundations of our faith that help to keep us grounded on our own personal faith journeys. And yet with all things in life and in faith, trusting Jesus isn't always easy, and it's perhaps even harder still when we try to do it alone. And so I want to talk a little today about the truth that is lifted up over and over in Scripture about how we are called to be on this journey together. Jesus himself, we know, believed in the importance of community. After all, we know that he surrounded himself with a community that traveled from place to place to place with him, with the 12 disciples around him. Maybe you've heard the joke that is one of my favorite silly jokes about how perhaps Jesus' greatest miracle was that he had 12 close friends in his 30s, right? He carried these people with him from place to place to place. He believed in the power and the gift of community. And we know that was true, not just for himself, but for others as well, as in places like in Luke 10, we are told that when Jesus sent others out, specifically we are told he commissioned and sent 72 others and sent them ahead. He sent them in pairs to every town and place. He sent them out in pairs because we need each other and we are not supposed to be on this journey alone. We need each other, not just for the sake of having good company, although that's nice too, but so that we, like the disciples, can encourage one another, can help one another grow in faith, can remind each other that we are never, ever alone. That is why Jesus and his disciples, or why Jesus sent out his disciples in pairs and why he invites us to live together in community as well. That's the same reason that when we go out in service, we do so together as well, so that we can follow Jesus, so that we can keep each other on track 
And so we can do that hard thing once in a while, too, of holding each other accountable, setting examples for each other, perhaps even reaching out and sharing these gifts with the people around us. Our scripture that I want to read next for us today invites us to do exactly these things as we are invited to better care for one another. So I want you to hear this invitation that comes again from the book of Hebrews in the chapter in chapter 13. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, in which it says, Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Here ends our reading today. In this passage that we've now just heard, it begins with the words, let mutual love continue. These words start the passage off before it ends with an invitation in verse 16 for us to not neglect to do good and to share what you have. Life is better and arguably easier, I might add, when we share in it together, isn't it? Whether we are celebrating big milestones like graduations or new babies born in good health or weddings last weekend, right? Or whether we're gathering together to support each other in more difficult times like following a memorial service in a time of loss or a difficult medical diagnosis or maybe even helping navigate difficult relationships. We shouldn't have to, and I think most of us wouldn't want to do these things alone. It is so much better when we are able to share these moments together in community, especially in a community of faith where we can lift one another up and pray with each other. Don't you think? As Christians, as a people of faith, we know that that's not any easier for us than for anybody else. We're kidding ourselves if we think we it, we, it is. And yet, there are lots of us here in this room, for example, who believe different things, who have different understandings. Maybe we come in different places today on our own personal or communal faith journeys. And yet we come together anyway because we know that despite the things that could separate us, we are united by the thing that matters most. We are united by our faith, by our foundation that is found in our name as Christians, as Christ followers and a people who try to love Jesus 
People who follow Jesus, I would argue, have a lot more in common than we do apart. And it is an act of love in itself for us to be reminded of these truths. Truths that include our love for God and a desire to follow Jesus, but also that include how we're all a little bit imperfect too. I was thinking about that a little bit this week. And in our children's time last night, we had some youth who were up here who, as we were talking about what it means to love each other, or they pointed out how you can take care of each other by sitting by a stranger or someone you don't know. And one of the youth pointed out that it's harder actually sometimes to love people we know pretty well than it is to love a stranger, isn't it? The gift of love in community means that it can take all of that stuff down and that we can truly find ways to care for one another. Now, that's obviously easier said than done too. And as I was thinking about examples of that, I came across a story that I was reminded of this week of a woman who was in an airport for a layover. Many of us know that scene when you're just trying to do something to keep your mind and body busy as you wait for your plane to board. And sometimes it feels like it never will. And so she went to one of those kiosks in the airport and she bought a book and a bag of cookies and she found herself settling down to just enjoy the time that she had as she waited on her plane. So she's sitting there reading her book and snacking on her cookies. She realized that the man beside her on the other side of her cookies kept grabbing cookies from her bag. She tried really hard at first to ignore him in an effort to avoid a scene, because how awkward is that? But the man just kept eating her cookies. Every time she grabbed one, he'd grab one. And she thought to herself, well, if I wasn't so nice, I might, well, you understand how that would go, right? Right? Each cookie she cooked, he'd take one too. And when the only one was left, she waited, wondering what he was going to do. But would you believe that this guy, he took the last cookie out and he broke it in half and he offered her half of it? (laughs) She snatched that thing out of his hand and thought, oh man, this guy has some nerve, right? How rude is that? And he didn't even say thank you. Needless to say, she was really relieved when that flight finally got called, right? So she boards the plane, glad to be away from this guy. She sinks into her seat. She's settling in and moving her stuff around. And when she reaches back into her bag to grab her book, can you imagine her surprise when she saw her bag of cookies full and unopened? Right there in front of her eyes was her bag of cookies, assuring her that if hers were right there, the other cookies were his. And he was sharing with her. But it was too late to apologize. Who knows where this guy is now as she's on the plane? But she suddenly realized she's the ungrateful one. She's the cookie thief. Can you imagine how humbling that moment would be? Oh, humiliating even to imagine, isn't it? And I wonder, it makes me wonder how some of us might have responded in that situation, right? Maybe you were the actual cookie thief like she was, or maybe you were the perceived one like he was. How would you have responded in that kind of situation? I think I'd have said something and then been made a fool, right? But in this story, this woman, she found herself, as she reflected, she realized that she had been judging this man next to her who had the purest and kindest intentions. He was the generous and thoughtful and kind one in this story. And that truth reminds us 
that when we are busy judging a person, it doesn't define who they are. It defines who we are. Judging a person does not define who they are. It defines who you are. How would our lives be different if we found ourselves spending less and less energy judging others and trying to appreciate them more? Trying to be a little more gracious when we realize we don't know their story or what brought them to this place, but maybe we all need a little extra kindness. How would our lives be different if we were able to share and willing to share like this man did, who went out of his way to share with a complete stranger, even in the most unlikely situation of a cookie thief? And while it may not come down for most of us to stealing or sharing cookies, there are situations throughout our lives that are similar to this, aren't there? Maybe it's people who have differences from you, religious, political, personal, family, traditions, you name it. There's people who look or live or smell or love or grieve or celebrate different than you do. We could have a lot of lists of ways that people are different from us. Maybe they have different spending priorities or hobbies or pastimes. I mean, it's easy to make fun of people who have different pastimes. Bryce, we don't care how much you love football. (laughs) And I jest, of course, right? It's easy, especially with things like pastimes or hobbies or some of those trivial things that we love, right? It's easy to make jokes about it, but we do judge people sometimes for things that we don't actually care that much about, don't we? I mean, I have to admit to you, and I mean this in the most loving and kind-hearted way, but I also mean it, that one of my great disappointments of First Church here in Watertown is how many Huskers fans are here. I was raised to be a good Iowa Hawkeyes fan, and I am so disappointed, and I know some of you are here, so I'm not sorry. (laughs) And I do mean this as a lighthearted example, but I also know that some of us care really deeply about some of these things like our sports team, right? And we have actively fought about things much more trivial than that. In fact, I imagine there is someone here today, if not throughout the weekend when I use that example at every service, that has judged me for calling your sports teams trivial, right? But to name this, is not to say that you can't have these hobbies or preferences or pastimes in your lives that you love. It isn't to say that they don't matter, but it is to say that they matter a great deal less than the invitation that's in front of us today. An invitation, as it said in verse one, to let mutual love continue, to remember and to pray and to care for people those that we know, those that are strangers, those who are the same as us, and those who are different. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, it goes on in verse 2 to say. For by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Whether they are people that you know way too much about already and it makes it easier to judge them or they are complete strangers as named in this verse in chapter 13, verse two. Maybe it's the people named in the following verses like prisoners that we are asked to remember as if we ourselves were prisoned or many of the others who are named here. One thing is the same. 
And that is that for every person we encounter, we are invited to act in love, to act in ways that show God's love and care for people around us at all times and in all places to all people and without exception. There is no exception to God's command to love one another, not one. One of the ways that we know this is I think well articulated when our bishop was here a couple of weeks ago. I don't even remember the exact question that evoked the response, but Bishop Lynette said, I have never met a person who was not made in God's image. Isn't that a beautiful way to see the world? To know that every person that you encounter, past, present, and future, is created in God's image. How might our lives and our world be different if we truly saw and encountered everyone that we met in this way by choosing first and foremost to see Jesus within them? To encounter and to care for our neighbors in this way is to act in love, to help God be known through this love that we are given and asked not to keep to ourselves, but to share. Friends, that is my greatest hope. That here in our lives, in this community that we are blessed with, that we would continue to do exactly that. Whether it is by the strangers we encounter on the road or through the things we do together, like worshiping today or having fellowship time or sharing in our grow groups or missions, or maybe even in one of those meetings when we are otherwise distracted by the tasks before us, my hope is that we would be so full of God's love that there would be no person we encounter here in this place or far beyond it that would, not, that would know anything short of God's love. Because love is what happens when we live into community at its best. In those moments, we discover that in fact, instead of being lonely, we are comforted and we are united. Instead of being afraid, we can help one another find hope. And instead of being judged, we are embraced. Friends, I hope we can find ways to live into these invitations, not just in the pretty distant far off ways, but in those every way difficult opportunities that come into our lives that we would live into this invitation, not neglecting to do good, but sharing what we have. Because to do so, even if it's a sacrifice sometimes, is pleasing to God. And so may we indeed please God this and every day by letting our mutual love continue. Let's pray together. generous God of light and of love, who has made each and every one of us in your image. We ask, O oh God, that we would be your light in the world that reflects your abundance. That truly we would seek to see every person we meet as a reflection of your being, as a reflection of your love. And that we would seek after you through action and through word, as we seek to care for one another in all that we say, in all that we do, 
and in all the places we find ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.